Welcome to the Bald Move TV podcast, the officially unofficial podcast for all the TV. We are part of the Bald Move Network. You can find us at baldmove.com. I blasted through that intro. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. You're on fire. I was. You were playing NBA Jam. It's, fire would be coming <laughs> off of you right now. About about episode six into a season is where I can do that without thinking about it. Ah. Yeah. Coincidentally, I'll, we're in episode six. Exactly. And this week, what are we talking about? I know I want to talk about girls because it was a very special episode. Yes, it was. We're going to talk about a little bit about Downton Abbey. Unfortunately, we can't talk about Justified because we're recording this on Tuesday night because of the new Walking Dead schedule. So yeah. we're going to go... We're going to kind of be like a week in arrears on Justified. Yeah, it sucks because that's my favorite show to talk about. Yeah, I wonder uh, if we can figure out podcast. a different way to do that later You know, as, as we progress. Well, it's hard because we want to record all of our podcasts on one night. So it's yeah, not... Maybe we can do a remote for the Justified thing on Wednesday night and package the whole uh, thing maybe. on Wednesday. And that would also kind of spread out. Well, I have my D&D session on Wednesday. Well, fuck you and your D&D session. <laughs> I don't think my co-players would like that. All right, fine. I got some updates for last week. Yep. David Chin smashed his Kickstarter, his Hell Cast of Kings yeah. Kickstarter. He's, he's over $4,000 on that. Congratulations, David Chin. Yeah, so the Chin Balls, <laughs> giant Chin Balls paid off. Balls so big, they crushed his facial structure. Yeah, big balls on that chin. Uh, uh, <laughs> People are going to take this the wrong way again. <laughs> We're going to get in a Chin Flame War once again. Uh, you know what? If, if, if three people donated $1 a piece... Off of our recommendation, yeah, I feel like we can it. bag on his chin balls all we want. <laughs> but, you know, seriously, I think that's uh, very innovative and paving the way for, you know, potential podcast revenueing. I yes. uh, also want to have kind of a down note on House of Cards. I got Ooh. into the fifth and sixth episodes, and it took a nosedive in quality. <laughs> How severe? Uh, just unbelievable plot. Uh very shitty writing. Uh, Man, I don't I know. Get to the show so I don't know who all to blame now. Our friend uh, Eric Walquist from Personal Arrogance has he just finished a series over the weekend, and he assured me that that he's like, yeah, I know what you're talking about, but it bounces back, and then episode mm. ten, it turns around and puts pedal to the metal to the end of the season. So I'm still excited. I'm going to try to finish that before this weekend. And let everybody know what I thought. But uh, I'm curious to see what our listeners, th- uh, you know, made of that. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about Downton Abbey? I know I haven't been able to get to the latest yeah, two episodes. The, the pressure fucked me. The pressure's been off. Um, we'll talk about that here in a minute. But I want to talk a little bit because this is the long-awaited okay. uh, "Feel Sorry for Thomas" episode. <laughs> ah, okay. You know the the O'Bri- O'Brien's plot to have him. Uh, outed force himself onto jimmy yeah bore fruit uh, thomas stole up to jimmy's bedroom in the middle of the night and started kissing him in his sleep mm. uh james started screaming <laughs> just as uh just as alfred broke in for some unrelated reason and saw this happening alfred's going to jimmy's room too are we sure it's unrelated i don't know and i want to talk about that a little bit too but um so you know in in at this time being gay was illegal illegal like you can be jailed i don't know if you can be Whoa. executed but even jailed there was actually um at, at various points in this episode like you know carson is such a dick to thomas he's talking about what a vile twisted creature For he is good reason i mean well he has a vile twisted creature but he's been an asshole the okay. entire time so this is this is one of the brilliant things about this show is is much like Mad Men where they show casual racism or casual 
sexism or casual littering, you think, Jesus Christ, that was only... Ah, period pieces, what yeah, you can get away with. <laughs> that was only 40 years ago. I mean, yeah. kind of how far we've come, yet how far we have left to go. Uh, here in the depiction, it you, you kind of think like, okay, so imagine if you're you're a heterosexual male. Just I will imagine that. Put yourself will, in that headspace. I will try to get into that headspace, yes. What if your urge to mate with women was illegal? And you had to – how would you go about approaching women? Because you know that there's some finite percentage of women that are going to be a, a, a receptive of that. Everyone else is going, to, case, by the way. Is, is going to maybe <laughs> imprison you, is going to shame you, perhaps physically beat you. Yeah. I mean, no, that's a that's a very good point. And you kind of wonder about like how Thomas was raised and his relationship with his clockmaking fa- uh, father, and you know you kind of I can see how this would really fuck up your worldview, man. Certainly, I'm not arguing that Thomas has not had it rough. Thomas certainly has it rough, and I, but he's also a complete asshole to everybody. But so now my big question is. So the you know spoiler for you Jim at the end Lord Grantham kind of steps in and and uh, uh, Bank Bates is freed from murder prison finally finally and he resumes his role as valet which is actually going to does he get his cane back that's what he I gets his know. cane yeah he starts but walking with the, the cane fuck? again and he looks like a pimp walking out of prison man <laughs> he I looks like too, a yeah. goddamn pimp. Um, he goes back to resume his roles as valet, but he starts also resuming his roles as like uh, Lord Grantham's consigliere. So he like kind of gives him inside scoop and alerts Lord Grantham to what's going on. They all kind of step in and smooth over and and uh, smooth other things with Jimmy, smooth other things with Alfred, smooth other things with the cops. And Thomas is allowed to stay on there as the underbutler, which <laughs> means he actually is going to outrank Bates at this at this point. Hmm. Will this power bottom? Will this sweeten? <laughs> will this sweeten Thomas's disposition? Do you think? No, hell no. Well, but that will seem kind of false to me. But if not, where are maybe? They gonna, I, I mean, they're going to have O'Brien be the sole villain of the show now. So, so he's outed, right? Like everybody knows, everyone, everyone, and that's the kind of the thing that everyone decided. Like you know, we all knew he was gay, but now it's in the open, and we'll all just understand that. Yeah. That's how things are. We're not going to, like, prosecute as you can in this case, I guess. Now, this, so, I mean, do you th- you really think they'll continue keeping him as the villain, or will he take a, a face turn now? No. Frankly, after the stuff that happened with Sybil and the display of emotion that was uh-huh. uh, shown there, I think this guy's a really good actor. And, and I'd like right to see him. Yes. I'd like to see him play the other part now i'll give you one step further i think they position him now that in series four carson could die and he oh. would be the undisputed butler of downton abbey so wait so he got a promotion for being gay well is that what i hear what happened is they didn't have any place for him to go because yeah um, with the hospital thing he was already kind of just under carson right yeah like so it's barely so so they uh, bates came back and he was the 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 head valet which puts him as second in command of the house, but now oh. they created an underbutler position. Mm, sounds fishy. <clears throat> it is a little fishy. I'd be pissed if I were Bates. <laughs> Do you think? Well, Bates actually is a little chagrin. He's like, I can't oh. believe I, so, I can't believe I saved this little shit, and now he's uh, arguably slightly more powerful in house position. To nice, me. I like that. Um, I don't know. Carson seemed to be like eh, underbutler, head valet. There's not much in it, you know. Like they're kind of like co-equals. Yeah. Um. 
so I don't know. I just wonder where they're going to get a villain from here. Yeah, I the eighteen year old debutante, which I know you don't see the episode, haven't seen the episode. That ain't going to cut it. Is she a new character, or yeah, is that the a new character? Is that uh, what's her face's foil? Daisy's foil? Nope, new character. Okay. Uh, let me ask you this: something that Kelly and Tom from Up Years Downstairs cast, they posited that is is are we sure that James is not in fact gay? After just, that episode, he is not gay, right? Well, I don't or know. Or does he just he not just like could Thomas? Be like deeply closeted and not liking Thomas, and uh, you know, yeah. there was a little bit of playing that even within the episode because people like, you know, are you sure Jimmy wasn't into it? And he's like, well, yeah, he screamed. He's like, well, he's screaming because he got caught. Or, I mean, they portrayed <laughs> it as as if it was an unwanted advance, but there was enough. Yeah, I don't know. It, he didn't press against it enough. He wasn't. As turned off by it as he should have been, I think, in previous episodes. Well, like the they point two. out in their cast that the clock winding scene was a very sexy scene. Clock winding scene? Yeah, remember when Thomas was showing him how to wind the clock? Oh, see, I was talking about the piano scene where where he's playing piano and Thomas gives him the full rub down. Yeah, well, he didn't. That was more creepy. Like, that was more creepy. And I guess it's out of a desire not to get Thomas in too much trouble, right? I mean, if. If he knows that this that it's illegal and his advances could land him in jail, he might not want to do that. Yeah, I don't. That's the thing. I mean, I, I thought that was an interesting point, and again, it just like blew my hair back to see how rough uh, homosexual man had. I mean, I kind of, yeah. I, I guess, I should have seen this coming with how down everybody was on prostitutes. For God's sakes, <laughs> yeah. I mean, this was Scum a really repressed earth. society, and the things that Carson said to Thomas, like now that things are blown over, it's like, how do you walk back from that? And hmm. and Thomas, bless his heart, stood up for himself because you know when Carson was kind of. He's taking pity on him, but he was still saying, you know, it's not your fault that, that you've, you've be, you're a, a, nature has made you a vile and twisted creature. And he's like, you know, I'm not a vile creature before, you know, as he was being drummed out of the house without a reference. Um, so I don't know. It's uh, I'm interested to see where they take this. Um, we're probably going to discontinue our coverage of the cast. There's no point. I mean, because they cover it way better. Because, and this is the first time we've announced on this show, we actually have uh, have, have convinced Tom and Kelly to join our crew. They're going to be pa- uh, podcasting under the Bald Move banner. Um, and if you like Downton Abbey. Uh, and you want to hear it in a lot of detail and thoroughly covered in an entertaining method. Very funny, yes. Yeah, because we've decided that, you know, what is Bald Move? Bald Move is good audio quality. It's good guest chemistry. It's interesting topics. It's focused content. It's focused content. Unlike this podcast. It doesn't ramble and bullshit. (laughs) And we, uh, like I said, I'm very proud to have him on board. So welcome aboard. Yes. Um, We might, I don't know, we might talk about it from time to time, but we've got a whole feature show on that now. So why would we? Yeah. So why don't we go to girls? Let's go to season two. What did you five. think of this episode, Jim? I thought this was one man's trash is the title. Yeah, I thought this was easily the strangest episode of girls by far. But was it because because this is super polarizing on the net? I bet it is. I bet. And it, and, and as it I, was ballsy, I I, mean, I was literally covering my eyes in certain parts. I was so uncomfortable watching this. Oh, see, I was watching this totally alone, so I wasn't, like, 
weirded out. Well, I was. Like I I'm not. Am. I'm not weirded out that someone was there sitting on the couch beside me. I was just like horrified and embarrassed at how like raw this episode was. It, like, yes, it's very raw. It, it felt like you know when you're watching, and I, I don't know if anyone else has this sensation, but when I'm watching like the in, initial rounds of American Idol, where they have clearly broken, mm, yeah, yeah, people, and the judges are making fun of them, and they're not good singers, and it's like I don't. I'm not the type of person that can laugh at that. I just feel bad for everyone involved. And the thing here is that Lena is both the performer and the judge. Yeah. I mean, she is playing this character and writing this character for herself. Yeah. Uh, I haven't felt this uncomfortable since like Louis. Like Louis is the only other yeah. show that makes me this uncomfortable, this entertained, and makes me think this much about the episode because yeah. I – I've been thinking about this ever since I watched it. Yeah, that, that no, that's a great comparison. I mean, Louis does roughly the same thing this show does, and he's very similar to her. I mean, he's brave. He he doesn't mind sh- um, showing off his very average body uh, <laughs> and making that as part Le- of the. Lena comedy. loves getting naked. That's I think all she does. I can. She played guess. a game of topless ping pong. And, I mean, she's got full nude shower scenes in this episode. Like, she's naked basically the entire episode. Basically, yeah. It's, it's a 24-hour sex fest with this 42-year-old yeah. doctor. Did you buy the so, relationship? No. So that was the thing that I felt was weird is how quickly and out of nowhere this, this came about. Right? I mean, like, I can one see minute, it happening. One minute she's talking about sexits, and then the next minute she's inside getting lemonade and fucked. Yes. Like, it was just such an such a weird transition to that. But I feel like I, I do feel like the end of the episode where she's talking about how she always told herself she was gonna be this person who would experience everything for other people. But oh my god, that part too. Th- that was hard that was the hardest part to watch in my opinion. Because she was dis- okay, has she destroyed her relationship with this Joshua guy? Oh yes, definitely. Okay. And I don't know that it was ever going it it ever could have developed into anything anyway Mm -hmm. i think this was both him being uh basically divorced being separated uh and being just as lonely as she was and And a young not doing person basically delivered pussy to his door like pizza yeah okay along with a bag of trash (laughs) yeah uh joshua played by patrick wilson who i was like who who the hell is this guy who the hell is this guy he's night owl too from the uh, watchman Okay. All right. So that's I mean he's been in a lot superhero of superhero in the sack. Yeah, apparently. yeah. Um, I, I kind of bought that is the kind of the right time, and you know she was interested. He was she was everything that he's not, and he was everything that yeah. she's not. And they both realized it at the end of the episode, yeah. but one was a dawning like, oh shit, and one was. This is kind of like what I want, but... But I can't have it. I can't, yeah. It's not real. I'm, I'm it's not just gonna... happening for these two days. Like, as soon as he says, oh, I got to go to work, that's the thing. Like, the reality is kicking back in for both of them. Yeah, yeah. That two-day sex romp was just that. Yeah. Uh, and Lena doesn't know if she'll ever find anything like that again. Or Lena, Hannah, doesn't know if she'll ever find what she's a turning point. Because the other thing is, like, she's just so unself-aware because she's saying pretty vapid things about herself and grandiose things about herself and 
you know, saying, why don't you open up uh, with him? But every single yeah. time he tries to open up or assert something that's important to him, like, I'm Joshua. Josh is some asshole that I know. I'm, she's like, whatever. It's the same name. But yeah. she wants to be treated like this unique snowflake. And then she'll talk about herself again. That's, that's yeah. the thing. I mean, she she did not really want to hear what she has. To, or Do what you think he she did say. this intentionally? Like, you know, talking about accusing your babysitter of molesting you when you were three, that was one of those, again, <laughs> super uncomfortable topics. And, yes. and Patrick's performance where he's just watching this train wreck unfold in slow motion. Yeah. Uh, un- unbelievable. I don't know. I I wish that the episode had not felt so bizarre at the beginning because i feel like the end of it was had a had an interesting message to it and really kind of gave you some insight into who even the person lena dunham is yeah uh, not just the character of hannah i feel like it had to take us to that weird place to soften us up and open our mind to really be fully bludgeoned (laughs) by the message at the end though yeah no you're right i mean everything seems to go so well here they both like each other so much and then reality i was really afraid that she was going to stay at his house until he came back home (laughs) oh man and like how awkward would that have been yeah so you don't think we'll ever see this guy again? No, I think I think that's done. And I actually think this episode happened at the perfect time for Hannah because she needed some sort of wake up call, right? I mean, after Marnie, what after is she, is she Elijah, woke up? I don't know that she's necessarily woken up, but she needed an episode to herself. I don't feel like her interacting with her friends at this point would be, unless something radical changed there, it wouldn't be interesting to us as an audience. So you didn't hate this episode. I didn't hate it. Did you love I it? I felt like it was a little stilted at the beginning. The end, I actually quite liked. Yeah. I like the. I actually, as I've thought about it more throughout the day, I like it more and more. Yeah. It's like I started, like, up until, like, the last 10 minutes, I'm like, what the fuck am I watching? This is, this is, de- this is just like, I, it feels like it's, it's, I'm being, you know, dental work is being done without anesthetic. It's, I'm, this is painful. I don't like it. Yeah, uh, but then by the end, I'm like, "Wow, this is actually kind of awesome." Yeah, I don't know much more to talk about balls. I mean, Lena Dunham's got some balls. Um, I mean, this... I I said uh, I said I said on Facebook, this is this is literally seconds after it faded to black. I said that was a terrible episode. I haven't felt that uncomfortable <laughs> watching TV since Louis C.K.'s date with Parker Posey. I think I loved it. Question mark. <laughs> yeah. Right? And that I, date episode was fucked up. But, oh, yeah. But it was really, really powerful. Really good. And you can see how both of them got sucked in, or at least Louie. You don't really understand Parker. She's just kind of a crazy person. But you kind of see how he got into that. And also, in next episodes, how he kind of was stuck on her. Yeah, yeah. And I wonder if we're going to see some shades of that in, in girls. That, uh, you maybe. know, she's going to be judging her, you know... Uh, her 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 twenty something boyfriends by this forty two year old accomplished doctor standards. <laughs> totally not fair. No, but those, on the other those hand, those kids next door. How the fuck do those kids afford a brownstone? First well, of all, well, there's eight of them living there apparently, and they're probably <laughs> there needs dealing, to be twenty of them. They're probably brownstones de- are fucking expensive. They're probably dealing weed out uh, the, the 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 back too. But no, sure. I, I just wonder, you know, because it's interesting to see how nicely he treated her and what yeah. a 
like unbelievable change that was for her. Like so, she's like, you know, my last relationship, I asked the guy to punch me in the chest and come on that spot, <laughs> and he's just like, whoa, <laughs> right. And I actually think that was a turning point in the conversation. Oh, you think she could have stopped there? And turned it back around on no, him. No three-year-old vagina comments? That was the next one. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's where she stepped off the cliff. Uh, you're right, yeah. So so what, do you, what did you think when that cliff was stepped off and then she calls him on it? She says, you don't have to say that if you don't mean it. He kind of comes back with something that I – he either acted really well and made me feel that it was genuine or he actually meant it when he says, yes, I know – and and he meant it, like I felt like he meant it there. No, but I thought he was. I thought he pitied at the end. Like there was this so? horror, but then he's like, "My God, this woman, this girl is really messed up." Yeah, and she's been through some shit. And he was a nice enough because I think at one point I would have been like, "Look, you need to go." <laughs> I'd have. I would have Donald yeah. Glovered her. Like okay, yeah, that, that uh, you need you know <laughs> not Danny Glover, right? No, yeah, That's totally Donald. different. Yeah, yeah, out of Donald Glover, I'm like yeah, you need to go. <laughs> um, but he was a nice enough guy and had enough generosity of spirits to be like, you know, you should stay. I don't want you to leave, hmm. and I'm going to trust you. I mean, at that point, he had to be thinking in the back of my mind. Oh my god, I hope my my brownstone's not burnt down when I get back. <laughs> yeah. I hope there's not like helter skelter written in blood on my walls. <laughs> it's just seen that American I hope there's, psycho. <laughs> I hope there's no rabbits being boiled. Oof. Yeah, but he's like I feel like that was a huge generosity on his part that, you know, after she shared that intensely that he wasn't going to just reject her out of hand. Now, yeah. I don't think he's gonna have anything to do with her going forward. No, I don't think so either, yeah. But he was kind about it. Mm-hmm. And that's probably you know I mean she was basically daring him to be a dick. About the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's good point. Uh, I Powerful episode. I do. I kind of think she's on to something where she says, like, I wanted to be this person who everyone else would experience the world through. Yeah. Uh, the like, voice of the, my generation. Yeah. Yeah. She's a writer and, and who knows? Maybe Lena Dunham will be that. I don't know. But, uh, but we need people like that, right? I mean, we need like uh, – the tortured individuals experience things. We yeah, need to, Jack to experience Kerouac. things that to... not everyone should experience. Yeah, we need, we need to Ernest Hemingways. I'm trying to think of the dude, the Las Vegas. Uh, we need, yeah, the, uh, the uh, what's his fucking name? Thompson, right? <laughs> I don't think it's Thompson. Uh, yeah, shit. <laughs> <laughs> They're screaming it at home. They're I know, screaming it. I know. Fear and loathing, Las Vegas. Yeah. Hunter S. Thompson. It was Hunter Thompson. S. Thompson. Yeah, you're right. Never mind. Uh, we need those people, though, right? We need those people to, if nothing else, be a warning sign for the rest of us. And, and, and enlighten enlighten us to what the human experience encompasses, I guess. Right. And, you know, the kind of chronicle that, you know, if you are a 20-something female in New York City in the uh, 2010 decade, this is kind of like a snapshot of extreme highs and lows, all that stuff. I mean, there's some yeah. stuff, like I said, I'm... Very uncomfortable with some of the sexual dynamics, not in the, the kinky stuff, but just in the kind of like, you know, this this guy's overpowering women's resistance. Um, I'm kind of uncomfortable. Like last week, they, this this uh, uh, booth just barebacked Marnie, right? Booth, Jonathan, he Fuck just that guy. he just like barebacked her, and is like, "Are you on the pill?" Uh, you know, it's like, yeah, it's like that's not cool either. 
And that's the other thing <laughs> I was not enjoying. That's it. the other thing Come I was on. going through my mind when Hannah was fucking this dude. Is like, man, I hope they're using condoms because she just fucked some drug at just recovering drug addict. True. That who knows what he kind knows of hepatitis. The needles. He's got, yeah, 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 right. So it's like, yeah. I do you think that this show is the kind of show that in season four we're going to deal with some of the fallout from that? Oh. Uh, I haven't seen there was an STD like, scare in season one. Yeah, but I haven't seen evidence of like long term continuity, long term consequences. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like that that the show. I don't know how it'll handle it and keep things kind of light because this is as yeah. dark and weird as they can get and still be watchable. Like one more screw on the uncomfortable meter, <laughs> and it would just be too much. Yeah. Anyway, I I really liked it. Well, not really liked it. I was. Horrified at most of it and liked how it ended up. So, uh, Can we talk a little Archer? Bring it. I haven't seen any of the new season, but let's Friend talk about it. Friend of the show, it. Daniel Mendoza, wants us to talk about the time period of Archer. The time period? Yeah. Is it a period piece now? Well, I mean, think about it. Uh, it's set vaguely in modern day. Like, you've got some, uh-huh. you know, modern-looking things, but the decor of ISIS, they're using those like green 60s, screen 70s. teletype terminals. Um. Some of this high-tech spy gear is actually kind of retro-tech. Uh-huh. How do you reconcile that in the universe? You know, I really don't think about it. You don't? <laughs> no, I just let it be what it is. All right, I have a theory. Okay. So, like, ISIS is pretty consistently portrayed as, like, the budget spy yes, agency. Yes, second-hand equipment. I mean, Archer and Lana obviously are very talented, Mm-hmm. But they still have ways of fucking things up. All their equipment sucks. Their security sucks. They're <laughs> constantly infiltrated with moles. Their coworkers are they're, insane. <laughs> they're the head of the agency is fucking the one of the Russian high ups in the Russian KGB. Yeah, yeah. It's like in every Odin, their competing agency seems better in every single way. Yeah. Uh, so my theory is that Mallory just gets all this secondhand bullshit that's like you know 70s era james bond technology and archer since he was raised by her kind of sees that as cool gotcha and he and then that's why you know his pad is kind of retro 70s yeah like lana is kind of a throwback um but you know when they go to like a boat it looks like a modern boat when they go to a casino it's a modern casino et cetera. Et cetera. Mm -hmm. um i like it And, and that would jive with their uh Budget constraints. Yes. <laughs> They've had numerous money problems. They can spin. I mean, they have high-tech bullets and guns, but everything else, they go bargain basement shopping. Yep. Um, we don't, Again, we don't have anything to do for Justified. No, not until uh, it airs tonight. It's airing right now. Yeah, it actually just started five minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we'll have that next week, I guess. No Portlandia this week. Uh, Portlandia is tough to cover. Yeah, I, I, I we have I had this that. theory that comedies are impossible to cover, and I think we do it with girls because there's enough substance there. Oh, yeah. Obviously, I think we can do it with Louis C.K. when he comes back, although he's taking a year off. Did you hear that? No, I didn't. Yeah, he's he's because he does everything. He writes, directs, edits. I thought, I think On he top gave of up, being a stand-up. You yeah, know? and doing all the other cool shit he does. So he's yeah. taking a year off and rather than just kind of grinding it out. Um, I would definitely do Louis C.K. if it comes back, and we're still doing yeah. the weekly podcast. For sure. Um, but I'm ready to kick the outro if you are. Okay, bring it. Uh, we are part of the Bald Move Network. You can find all of our content on baldmove.com, all of our TV coverage, including Walking Dead, Game of Thrones, Mad Men, and Breaking Bad. Uh, don't forget our affiliates, uh, the Personal Arrogance Crew out of Seattle. They cover all things funny and beer and geek. 
the Bacaw Show crew out of L.A. They cover all things female and awesome and funny and sexy. And our newest affiliates, Tom and Kelly, over at Up Yours Downstairs. They are handling our Downton Abbey duties from here yes. through eternity. Uh, you can leave us feedback for this cast at tv at baldmove.com. Uh, you can link to us uh, on facebook.com slash baldmove. Uh, I host weekly threads for all the shows that we cover. Uh, you can follow Jim on twitter.com slash baldmove. We always appreciate your ratings, reviews on iTunes. It's the single biggest thing you can do to drive traffic to our cast and support us. Second biggest thing is use our Amazon affiliate link at amazon.baldmove.com or clicking on the banner at top of our site. Uh, again, it costs you nothing. just gives us a few pennies per to transaction. If you're buying stuff anyway, if you're Amazon Prime user, please, please, please bookmark and use that. It helps keep your lights on, helps keep the beer flowing, and the uh, hard drive spinning here at the Bald Move headquarters. We had a beer tonight that would make the personal arrogance jealous. Yeah, what was that? That's pretty good. It was Clown, Clown Shoe Brewery. <laughs> Clown Shoe, yeah, you're right. Some it was Imperial, Imperial Russian Porter. Stout or Porter. I think 12 point something percent alcohol. I'm still feeling it. Yeah. Uh, nice. Other thing you can do is tell a friend, you know, we've uh, a lot of this, uh, we, we've spread word of mouth through coworkers and friends and family members. We appreciate you guys uh, turning people onto us that way too. That's all Definitely. I got. All right. Well, short cast. We'll have a full, not that length. short, almost a half hour. Well, girls brought the thunder. We'll have a <laughs> four link cast tomorrow, uh, next uh, next week with Justified. Yes, it's heating up. I am so excited for this season. It's getting and good, and we'll save all of the Justified feedback for then. And that's all I got. All right, thanks everybody for listening. Until next time, I'm Jim, and I'm Aaron. Good night. <laughs>